Okay. Welcome to the Sherlyn Shirley Show. Today, we are talking to a candidate who's running for 87th Assembly District, and his name is Mike Bubb. And I just want Mike to take a minute to introduce himself. Sherlyn Shirley, we're on here with him, and we're going to ask some questions and just talk about how his campaign is going. Welcome, Mike. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to present myself to your audience. I think my campaign is going well. I decided to run. I ran eight years ago. Uh, in a four-person primary, <laughs> I ended up losing by 19 votes. At that time, James Edmond had said he'd only serve one or two terms, so I decided to be patient and be polite and wait my turn. But now it's become one more, one more, one more, and I think it will continue to be that. I just think the 87th District deserves a representative who's going to work harder for the Northwoods and speak up for us. I think if you look at some of the votes that have happened, um, things like Foxconn, things like building the Milwaukee Bucks Arena, I don't know how that helps the 87th District, where we benefit from that. And so I think you need somebody who's going to work hard for the 87th District. I think I'm the guy that can do it. I've done a lot in Taylor County. I've served on the school board and school board president. I'm currently on the city council. I um, was the council president for a number of years. I'm on the Taylor County board. I'm heading up the broadband project in Taylor County. So I got 23 years of local government experience. And now I'd like to take that to Madison. You know, I know it's not normal for someone to run when there's already a Republican candidate in the office. I'm not sure how that has been for you and how the Republican Party, have they grasped that or have they fought that? Well, it's been interesting. I'll say it's a mixed bag. Uh, there are people in the Republican Party that, quite frankly, were not happy that I decided to run. They kept telling me, but they've been telling me for the last few years, oh, this is going to be Jimmy's last time. Just wait. This will be Jimmy's last, last time. Just wait. Jimmy himself, he was just up in a meeting up in Sawyer County. I was at the Republican Party monthly meeting and he told everybody that he's going to keep running as long as he's healthy enough to run. It was, to me, it was now or never. I didn't want to be running for the first time for public office when I'm in my 70s. So I thought it was now or never. On the other hand, there have been people in the Republican Party that have been very, very gracious, very, very supportive, that they have encouraged me. They said, it's about time somebody runs. I'm encouraged by that. I understand that I'm doing kind of the un written rule of that you don't run against the sitting incumbent. But if you don't think the sitting incumbent is doing the job, I think you have to stand up and say it's time for a change. Yeah, and what do you see is going to be the difference between you and Jimmy Boy? Let me give you a couple of examples of things that just really frustrate me. Let's talk about elections. In the spring of 2015, Jimmy Boy supported this. Assembly, the Senate, and then Governor Walker created the Wisconsin Election Commission. They decided to create this commission of three Democrats and three Republicans. I'm not sure why, when you work so hard to get the majority, that you give half the power to the Democrats. You think Nancy Pelosi would give half the power to the Republicans? You think think Tony Evers would get half the uh, power to the Republicans? Since 2015, look at how the elections have gone. The governor's race with Walker and Tony Evers, the Supreme Court race with Judge Kelly, the presidential race, all of them have had question marks and people concerned about what happened. I'm not taking a side on that it was fraud or this was stolen or that. The problem is every time the election commission had to decide an issue, the vote was three to three. Nothing got resolved. So I think the Wisconsin Election Commission is flawed. It needs to be fixed. Robin Voss supports the Wisconsin Election Commission, and so does James Edmond. And I just think it needs to be fixed. The other thing is broadband. 
Jimmy has talked about eight years that the number one thing he hears about is lack of broadband in the 87th district. He talks about it. He talks about it. He talks about it, but he's done nothing. The Public Service Commission gives out hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of grants to help rural Wisconsin. Problem is, they think rural Wisconsin is Eau Claire, across Stevens Point, and Manitowoc. When schools shut down two years ago, over 30% of our students in Taylor County, education didn't slow down because they because they were at home. It stopped. They couldn't connect because their Chromebooks didn't have any broadband access. Two and a half years ago, I formed a Taylor County Broadband Committee. We applied for grants. We get rejected and rejected over and over and over. I sent letters to uh, Representative Edmund asking for help. He said he supported us, but nothing happened. So we started our own broadband project. I convinced the county to borrow money, $9.5 million dollars. And we're building a broadband network in Taylor County. By the summer of 2023, most of Taylor County will have access to broadband network. And by 2024, all of Taylor County will have access to high-speed internet for $50 a month. You see, it can be done. And the nice thing about it is we're selling and leasing access to our network. Taylor County is going to make all their money back within 20 years. We built our network for $9.5 million. We already have somebody who wants to buy it for $11 million. Sometimes you got to do things out of the box. Sometimes you got to stand up and say, no. Oh, we can do better. I guess that's what I'm saying is we can do better and it has to change. And I don't think with James Edmond down there, it's going to change. Something that Shirley and I've talked about many times is that, well, not doing anything good, but they're not doing anything really bad neither. So, you know, you just kind of keep them in there, which isn't really uh, accomplishing much. Uh, what you just talked about, the broadband, that's a huge issue. And it always has been in the Northland. I did not have an idea that Taylor County was that far behind. I mean, 30% of kids not getting access to broadband so they can do their work on school. I mean, I'm sure the parents are probably driving them into the library or something. But if the parents Conducive. are working, yeah, if the parents are working, they don't have the time to drive them into the library well, to true. do their work. I mean, so how yeah. do the kids get their work done? But I when don't COVID know. Hit, that sounds- when COVID hit, you you weren't supposed to drive anywhere. You couldn't go to the library. You couldn't go to McDonald's. Well, the library would have been closed, to... yes. They were shut down. Wow. They were absolutely shut down. Oh, and I bet that was really a struggle. Kids are behind because of it, so that's a real struggle. We did a survey. We hired a consultant company to help us do a survey. 82% of the people in Taylor County said they were disappointed in their broadband service. 74% of the people responded to a question, should Taylor County get involved and do something about that? 72% of the people said, we're expecting in the county to do something. So we are. I never dreamed that we could do this, build a network, and in the end, make money for Taylor County. Most government projects don't work that well. <laughs> no. no, they don't. Hopefully you're going to bring that further up north then and hit everywhere that oh. you can. I'm sure there are well, places that Russ County, um, I don't know. Sawyer County's pretty good, I think, at this point, but I'm not positive. I mean, maybe out in the winter area or out there in the rural, I don't know. Well, we have a problem when we were Zooming for the Senior Resource Center that the, the internet in winter didn't seem to, no, I don't think they have any fiber opt- optics out there. I, I don't think it went well, and that could be because we just don't have the broadband. People in communities like Winter or Hayward or Gilman or Lady Smith, they're usually okay. What about the child or the family 10 miles out of town in the middle of nowhere? Don't they deserve the same quality of education? That's true. I mean, I, I can well, remember being on Nelson Lake with a boat and you had no yeah. cell service at all there. They'd put a cell tower out there because people, like someone died of a heart attack because they couldn't get 911. You know, we I do mean, need it. Actually, because of this and people found out about it, I've been working with five other counties in the state 
to give them the Taylor County model. In fact, I've been calling county board members in Clark County, helping them to understand the process, and they're going to be voting on it. Uh, Clark County voted once already to go ahead with a broadband project. Uh, they got another final vote coming up, and so I'm actually working with five other counties in the state already in rural areas trying to help them get broadband to everybody in the county, not some of the people. Everybody you should be very proud of that, Mike. You should really be you proud of that. Be. That is an accomplishment, uh, and that's something yeah. you should be. And, and that's something we should know that you got this done. Well, I mean, I, I mean, know I think Sawyer County has been given grant money, and I'm not sure that they've gone that far. Well, the grant money usually tends to be for communities instead of the whole county, and that's the challenge. Is that TDS, Charter, AT and T, all the big players, they're looking for thirty to forty customers per mile. You get outside of a community. So you get five miles outside of Hayward, five miles outside of Ladysmith, five miles outside of Medford. It's four or five customers per mile. That's the yeah, challenge. So they don't think they can make the money. No, they yeah. can't make the I, money. I, right. But uh, that is an accomplishment, Mike. You need to put that in your campaign uh, information that you worked on that. And that's something that you could bring down to Madison for other small counties that are not, you know, that are all over the state. Yeah. Correct. I mean, one of the things I want to do, and I've already talked to Robin Voss about it, he called me about my campaign. I said, you know, that we need to take some of this PSC grant money and tar target it to, you know, counties under 40,000 people in population for the whole county. Taylor County has about 22,000, 23,000 people. The PSC, and I understand why, they're looking to spend money where they can help the most people possible. But then don't call it rural opportunity grants, you know, because that's kind of an oxymoron. They don't match. <laughs> Again, a different way of thinking things, a different way of looking things, and that's what I hope to bring to Madison. And what well, about, sure. you know, we have a supply chain problem here in Hayward. Our shelves at the Walmart, our shelves at the Marketplace are pretty bare. Don't know if that's because they can't get people to unload the trucks or if the trucks are just not getting here. I did have um, the opportunity to spend the month of March in Vegas. Granted, they're closer to the West Coast. There was no, you know, they're talking about food shortage and leaving knowing that some of our shelves were bare. I get to Vegas and they got more food than they know what to do with. Same when I was in San Diego, them shelves were not bare. Are bare shelves because of the cost of fuel to get it here? Do they not have the labor to get the trucks loaded? I mean, it's kind of disheartening when you go to the grocery store and there's no SpaghettiOs or soup to be had. Yeah, one of the things that I always think about is how far Hayward is off of the, the main trail, you know, even off of 53, which is not an interstate, County Road 53, and you still have to drive 20 more miles to get to Hayward. It is difficult to get gas and everything there, even though they have multi-gas stations. You know, we need to look at in the Wisconsin area. But like you said, Mike, when you say that they think the Northland is Eau Claire, Stevens Point, Wausau, that kind of thing, that is not the Northland. It's like we're a different state up in the Northland. I think that we're treated that way. It's because of the demographics. You don't have enough voters. And so it becomes very difficult. And that goes back to talking about bringing statewide candidates up into that area. It's very important. People can make a, a, an informed decision. You're absolutely right. We have the same issue in our Walmart here in Medford, unfortunately. And it seems to go in streaks. All of a sudden, there's no salad dressing. Next week, there's lots of salad dressing, but there's no soup. I mean, I can't figure out the rhyme or the reason to what happens week to week. A, 
the cost of fuel is just, I mean, our president's policies on fuel, he campaigned to attack on fossil fuels. I think people didn't take him seriously. Unfortunately, he sold his soul to the progressives. That is just killing us. And then I think the government put so much money in people's hands that people said, you know, geez, all these government programs, I don't have to work. And, you know, I don't know about, I'm sure Hayward is the same as Medford. The city of Medford alone has, because um, I'm on city council, we have 386 open job positions in, in the city of Medford of a town of 4,500 wow. people. That's just crazy. They have trouble getting enough people to make pizzas and make windows. And it's just a challenge. A lot goes back to government. How do people think about things and do they think beyond today and tomorrow? Long range planning is critical. I worked at uh, Tombstone, which became Kraft Pizza, which was bought by Philip Morris and then spun off. And then I ended up with Nestle. And so I got to work for the second largest and largest food company in the world. You saw how they did the strategy and planning and they're thinking five, 10 years in advance. You know, that's why that they're successful. A lot of our government leaders think beyond next week. You know, it's sad. The state legislature adjourned in March. So why did they adjourn in March? So they could campaign to protect their jobs. Instead of yeah, being in right. medicine, taking care of you and me and all the other taxpayers, they're taking care of themselves. I think we need people down in Madison right now saying, okay, how can we help these small towns? What could we be doing to help the supply chain issues? I know it's a national problem, but we can do things at a state level too. You know, could we change some regulations? Could we change some trucking regulations? Could we suspend the fuel tax for a little bit yep. to help people? At least have the conversation. How do you have the conversation if you're already adjourned for the year? Yeah, that's true. Something that you're bringing to light. They do adjourn early, especially during the campaign season and the summer is the time. They're off until what? After the election, correct? Correct. I find it interesting because next when there's no election, then they'll stay in session all the way through June. That's interesting. Well, maybe that's something you need to address, Mr. Bob. My question, how long, if you were to get elected, how long do you plan on staying? I mean, do you believe well, in term limits, um, you, know, you know, two or three terms and let somebody else come along? And Yes, I believe in term limits, but I don't think you can make it so short because you have to have people who know how the process works in that. There's no way that I'm 66. I'm not going to be running for office when I'm in my mid-70s. So if I get elected, I would be in the assembly for three or four terms. If I decide I want to stay in politics, I would either be running for a different office or I would be stepping down. What and, about and, your local offices you hold? Are you going to leave them so you can focus on state issues? That's a great question. A lot of people have asked that. If I win the election, I will leave the Medford City Council. A lot of the projects I wanted us to get done on Medford City Council, we're building, we're, we're, we started three housing projects. Within the next 12 months, we're going to have 150 new housing, rental, condos, apartments built here in the city of Medford because we get all these jobs and no people. So we got to have places for people to live. I'm really excited about that. We're doing some new community development things. So I think the city is on the right path. I would stay on the county board for at least a couple more years. I just feel that I was crazy enough to start this broadband project. I ought to see it to the finish line. I would probably ask to have some of my committee assignments reduced, but I would want to finish the broadband project for Taylor County. I would feel bad if I walked away in the middle. And you wouldn't think that would be a conflict? I'm just asking that because, you know, it's a very wide area you're going to cover as a state rep. And some of those other counties might feel a little, a little hesitant about that. If you look at the state assembly, it's kind of interesting. You have people that are on school boards that are in the state assembly. You have people on county boards, on city council. 
hospitals. I mean, this isn't unheard of is that you have people who are active and care about their communities that serve both at a state level and at a local level. For many, many years, Marty Reynolds, who represented the 87th district, was the mayor of Ladysmith the whole time. The world has changed for sure, Mike, but uh, I have nothing against it. I, you know, I have nothing against it. I'm just asking the question because people, they do want to know is like, okay, if you're taking time following through with your county board member, I just remember being on the school board. There's a lot of committee meetings. There's a lot of uh, information you have to obtain and, and you have to retain and then be prepared when you go to meetings. And if you're working at a state level, paying attention to the state issues. And then, you know, obviously county issues come into it because usually county people will contact you at the state level. Is it something that you'd just be concentrating on the Taylor County area and people outside of that area might feel a little left out? I surely would like to say that I hope that I'm better than that and that I will represent uh, Western Marathon County, Taylor County, Rust County, and Sawyer County equally. I know that I can guarantee because this is who I am, I will be at county meetings when the, Repu- when the Sawyer County Republican party meet. Will I be there every month? No. I won't go more than three months without being there. How can you represent somebody if you don't go and listen to them and talk to them? Good well, question. part of the job. Yeah, I don't think you can. I think if you, when you take these jobs, you need to be there responding to the issues that come up whether it's at the meetings or in the general public, we elected you to do the job. And part of the job is to be at meetings. Correct. And you also need to be out in the public and let people have access to you. And so they can look you in the eye and say, hey, you did a good vote here. Or uh, Mr. Bob, that was the dumbest vote you've ever made in your life. And you exactly. need to be able to get feedback. And the only way you can really get feedback by listening to people, and it shouldn't be that they got to drive down to Madison to see you. Long story short, I mean, I got involved in my first political race when I was 12 years old. And for some reason, I've been involved in politics my whole life. I just think that if I want to make a difference, the best way I can make a difference, get involved, educate yourself, do the research to just stand on the sidelines and complain. That just doesn't work for me. Uh, Education, something that we hit on just a little bit, the educational system in the state of Wisconsin. There's been some real issues lately. Uh, Shirley and I just had a conversation about the proper pronouns, things like that being used in schools. This stuff is nonsense for children. They need to be educated. They're already a little bit behind because of COVID. Would you address those issues as well? Because I know they're going to be coming up in the next session, I would assume. Absolutely. I mean, our kids deserve good education. Education is supposed to be about learning how to read, learning how to do mathematics, learning about science, learning about history. I'm a Catholic who believes that God made me to be a man. He made other people to be girls. That we think that a a person who's in first, second, third, or fourth grade, I had trouble deciding what I wanted for lunch instead of trying to decide what my gender should be. Planning thoughts in people's head when you're not even near ready to really even understand or make those decisions is just wrong. Schools are supposed to be about educating us, preparing us to grow and develop so that we can be productive citizens. The fact that you hear comments like in the Eclair School District that parents haven't earned the right to know certain things. The parents brought this child into the world. What do you mean they haven't earned the right? They should have the right to know everything that goes on with their child in the school. There should be no secrets in the school. It is just wrong what is going on. We need to get back to having education that teaches math and science and reading and history so that people can think on their own. And when they get older, they can make their own choices. I have my values. They get to make their own choice. Not in elementary school, not in middle school, not in high school. That's wrong. 
It's just draw. And I don't think teachers should be influencing them. Teachers are there to no. teach them English, writing, proper grammar, mathematics, science. Not That's to- what my teachers taught me. And I think I turned out okay. I had a pretty successful career designing computer systems, you know. I just can't even imagine that anybody even would be talking to little kids about this stuff. I have four grandkids, uh, number five on the way in July. I read some of this stuff and thankfully so far they haven't been impacted by it in the school districts that they go to. I just cringe that some teacher might be talking to them about, are you sure you want to be a boy? Are you sure you want to be a girl? That's none of their business. No, it certainly isn't. And we do need to get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. I don't understand what's happening. I see that education is something. I mean, I do think parents' eyes have been opened and school boards have paid the price. There's been a lot of elections, one across the state in many areas. A lot of it was based on this kind of stuff. I think CRT and uh, as well as the gender information. I don't understand that really. You know, you have to know about it so you can educate your kids and grandkids so they'll know what's going on and what to what to pay attention to, what not to pay attention to. And I think it's really important that anyone at our state serving should definitely pay attention to the issues going on so they can address them with the families, with the people. And there may be some children that really do have an issue. Um, We talked about that, like a, a gender dysphoria. That's totally between their family the child and the uh, doctors, not for people to push it down other people's throats all the time. It's just getting up to the the teachers to, to be encouraging a child to look at gender changing. That's, that's a parent's problem. To me, it crosses a line because a teacher, we teach our kids to respect the teachers, to trust the teachers. And then if the teachers start crossing that line and talking about topics that really, if you have a a, a elementary teaching degree, where did you get your degree on sociology and gender identity and things like that? That's just something that you decided that you believe in. That's not right. But those kids trust that teacher. And that's what's so scary is that they they can influence. Talk about school boards and things like that. You know, I say kind of shame on us. Conservatives in general, we let liberals run our cities, city councils, our county boards and our school boards. We chose not to run for office. We chose to sit back and let somebody else do it. And I do think what's going on has been a wake-up call. And you see all around the state, you see people running and getting elected on city councils, county boards, and school boards. But part of it was, you know, a little bit shame on us for being asleep at the wheel. And I'm really glad people are waking up. I think we were working, Mike. That's what I was doing, (laughs) working for a living. True, but I true. did serve on school boards. Shirley and I both served on the school board in the Hayward area. I served on so, the school board yeah. and city council. The, the problem was there wasn't enough of us. Right. Yeah, I think that's correct. And we've become such a so happy society that you're also very careful about what you do or what you say because the parents are going to sue or the school board's going to sue or somebody's going to sue. I think sometimes we have to forgo that, take a stand and say, hey, we're here to educate your children, not raise them, educate them. You are so <laughs> right about that because when I got on school board and I did get served once on some papers, after that, I took out a million dollar insurance policy to protect my family. Wow. I mean, it's very scary, like, but it does happen. Yeah. It does, and it was a fraudulent case. It all got dismissed, blah, 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 blah. It was a wake-up call to my wife, Lisa, and I that, hey, we had to do something. So we had to spend extra money because of my commuting involvement to protect our family. And and we wonder why people don't want to serve and people don't want to 
be public servants because you've always got somebody that can come out come out of the woodwork and sue you for something that is not legitimate. You no, know, like calling if you don't call them them at a meeting, they're gonna press some kind of charge against you. Or you, as a child in school, you may be getting expelled or something because you're not using a proper pronoun for someone, and you don't even understand what that means. When I was in second grade. Um, unfortunately, not intentional or, or not. I'm, but we called each other names that probably weren't appropriate. Now you do that now, like you say, if you're in Keel, Wisconsin, you might get suspended. Yeah, I mean, we called each other some terrible names when we were kids. You know, was, that's just the way we were. And kids we survived. Are, yeah, yeah, and we, we survived. And most of the kids that you know, we would be call them something one day, we're our friends the next day. Exactly. Uh, we made it through a lot of things, and yeah. I, I still think we're going to make it through this too. I do think. On the on the grounds, they're losing ground. They are losing ground because people are standing up. But it still is difficult for some people in, in areas where maybe they don't have the support in the community. It becomes very difficult. Like you said, I mean, I would have never thought that someone in Taylor County would sue you at a school. You know, I mean, a million dollar policy is pretty serious. But you have to take that stuff to heart and you have to learn. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have like directors, director, officer insurance. It's necessary in this day and age for sure. Well, the school board does and the city does, you know, but the problem is, is that a judge and jury sometimes can award things that you would just never expect. You know, I never expected yeah. somebody would get a award from McDonald's because they put coffee between their legs and it's built on their lap and it was too hot. And some jury would give them a couple million dollars for that. Really, when you order coffee, I think it's supposed to be hot, isn't it? Well, that's the way I like it. You're making too much <laughs> common sense. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, I mean, that's uh, kind of like I want hot coffee. I don't want iced coffee. Sometimes we, what I want don't count. We've <laughs> lost true. sight of personal responsibility. Yeah. You know, I should be responsible for my actions. I should be responsible for what I do. As well as we common stop sense. blaming everybody else. Yeah. And I and think parents... And I think parents need to be responsible for their children's actions. To if a degree. Kids if they do said, things, you know. Kids do stupid things. But most of the time, if you set a good groundwork on them, it, they should be okay. But parents today, when I was in school, if I did something wrong, I didn't really care if they suspended me or grounded me or anything at school. Whatever punishment they gave me, my biggest fear is they would call my parents. Yeah. <laughs> because anything that at school, if I had a, like, sweep the hall or something, whatever. Facing mom and dad would be not, not good. And, and my parents never hit us or beat us or anything. But my dad had some unique punishments. Like, you know, I got to do all my brothers and sisters chores for a week or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they'll keep you straight. It was different, though, than a note home to my parents. That was not pretty. Correct. The note home was the worst. Yes. <laughs> you know, back then, my mother took teachers or the principal's word for what I did. Nowadays, you call home and, you know, my little Susie, my little Johnny wouldn't do that. What do you mean they wouldn't do that? Um, I don't know if you've seen this or not yet, Mike, but there's TikTok videos. They have these challenges. Remember when they used to do those challenges? I think they were on Facebook where they pour ice water on you, but they were all for good yeah. things. Now these yeah. TikTok videos are, are geared towards how many times can you slap the teacher before someone stops you? And these kids are doing these challenges all across the nation. It blows my mind. A kid can tell a teacher to, you know what, and not be sent to the office or any educate them, but they also disrupt the class. And that becomes an issue for everyone in the classroom. There is something going on in our educational system. And I don't know if it's, I'm not blaming teachers. I'm just saying that there's something going on, you know, between communication, between kids 
teachers, parents, the whole thing, administration as well. And we have to do something. So the educational system has to be viewed and worked on at a state level. I just saw today an article that said that Wisconsin is one of 25 states that withdrew from the National Association for School Boards. And I'm sure that that had to do with that letter that was sent out by the uh, attorney general, the president, uh, dealing with parents being terrorists. That was sent out today. So I did get that article today sent to me, and I do think it's a good idea. Wisconsin should focus on Wisconsin. We should be local issues. Let's take care of our state. Let's take care of our local issues ourselves. Keep the federal government out of it as much as possible. And maybe we wouldn't have baby food shortages. And we wouldn't have these incidences going on. And I know that that's not a state issue, but I just kind of wanted to say that about the education, because if you are elected, Mike, I am going to be someone who's going to say, Okay, Mike, you got elected. I want to see you do something about education in the state of Wisconsin. It's got to change. I look forward to the opportunity to not disappoint you. People say, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to speak up. I'm not going to just sit there and say, oh, well, this is how we've always done it. I'm going to speak up and say, I really think that we can do better. I just think that we can do better for Wisconsin. We can do better for our nation. We can do better for our children and grandchildren. I'm in my mid-60s. I hope I have many, many, many more tomorrows. But the fact is, I've had more yesterdays than I'm going to have tomorrows. But I want to make sure that what is here for my kids and my grandkids is better than it is today. And we got to speak up. Everything that we've been talking about is absolutely true. But the thing is, there's some really, really, really good teachers out there. I think it's some of the teacher leadership. I'm proud of the Wisconsin School Board Association from withdrawing from the National Association because as a, as a former school board president, I worked with those people and I know they believe in kids and they believe in families. And what happened in Washington and what happened with that leadership is was just wrong. We gotta be careful because there's a lot of great teachers out there that really care about kids. And we gotta I make agree. sure that, that they're protected and they're supported. And they're not overshadowed by people with political agendas. I totally agree. In my area uh, right now, we have 10 elementary teachers leaving one school. What does that tell you? It tells you there's something going on. We have seven, eight schools in my where I live now, two high schools, and then all the rest are elementary and middle school. There's only one middle school. And a total of 5,100 students are in this area. And there are some serious issues with education. They have all this money for programs, tons of money, tons, 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 sent in from federal and all over the place. But I don't think it's getting used properly. And I do believe that the good teachers, many of them are leaving in droves. I just saw an article about that as well, that you'd be surprised why teachers are leaving. And it is uh, sad because we do have some really good teachers out there. You know, small communities, you usually know them well because your kids were educated by them. So you get to know them on a personal level, which is kind of nice. It's really difficult in this market today. It's difficult, I think, with um, any job. And we're going to have shortages, teacher shortages. Who's going to go into like law enforcement and teaching? When you have all these issues going on, it's kind of hard to go in there and make a good living. It's a concern. And if you're a teacher with minority views, uh, or your your views are in the minority. You don't want to put up with, with the agitation from the other folks. Correct. I mean, I think you want to be respected. I think you want to have a career. We all have jobs. We want to make a good living for our families. We want to be able to pay our bills. We want to be able to do fun things with our children and that. So I think it's the whole package. And I do think that people are leaving because they don't feel the appreciation. They don't feel that they're being supported in the way they want. 
because there's too many political agendas being pushed on them that if they object, it's almost like they get black. Correct. And you're going to be, if you're elected in a position where you may have to object and you may have to stand up. And sometimes that's very difficult, Mike, being maybe the only one kind of thing. So I give you credit for running. I know that it's not easy and being a candidate, and I know being a candidate in the summer is very difficult. (laughs) It's a whirlwind, so we appreciate you taking time out of your day. I think you should end by like letting everyone know where they can get hold of you or your information, maybe your Facebook page too. And if you have anything else that you'd like to say, please be our guest. we appreciate you coming on. You can go to uh, if you go to Facebook and just do a search on Michael Bub for Assembly. You'll find my Facebook page. Every Monday morning, we post a Monday Moments with Mike. We cover a new topic. This let uh, this uh, last week was the Second Amendment. We've talked about a variety of topics, and we'll continue to do that. I'm getting out to breakfasts and everything. You can leave questions on my Facebook page, and I do respond to them. I'm looking forward to meeting as many people in the 87th district as I can. I this past weekend I believe I crossed the thousand person mark of shaking hands. So, How about any upcoming events? Are there any upcoming events that you'd like to mention? This weekend I'll be at Gilman Dairy Days. So there'll be a dairy breakfast in Gilman, Wisconsin on Saturday. Parade on Sunday, so I'll be there. Coming up in Hayward, they have uh, their big musky festival parade, so I'll be up there. Yeah. But I'm going to be going to Farmer's Markets up in Ladysmith and Hayward and a number of other communities. The Farmer's Markets are a great place to meet the regular people. It's sad you can't go to a lot of places now because they don't want people standing in front of their grocery store or whatever like you used to be able to do. I think the farmer's markets are a great opportunity for me to meet people and shake their hand and let them tell me what their concerns are. I hope to be out in the community as much as possible between now and August 9th. And on August 9th, I hope people will consider voting for a change in the 87th district as a Republican primary. It's a challenge trying to go against a sitting incumbent with people's support. You know, I ask them, do you like how state government's working? Do you like how the federal government's working? If you do, well, then vote for the incumbent. If you want to change, vote Mike Bob. Thank you. Well, thank you thank very you, much Mike. for joining us. I'm going to have Shirley take us out. We'll get you the link and you can post it where you'd like. And thanks so much awesome. for coming on. We appreciate it. You bet. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. This has been fun. This has been a blast. <laughs> thank you. You've been listening to the Shirley and Shirley Show. And our guest today was Mike Bubb running for General Assembly in the 87th District. Signing out. Goodbye and have a good day.